Sound of Scripts presents The first ten pages of Visceral A feature film written by Laurie S. Riley With story by Laurie S. Riley and Christine Kreska Inspired by a true event Rocky Island Coast, 1857, night Ferocious waves crash onto a jagged beach strewn with boulders As the storm clouds recede, moonlight seeps through, dimly bringing the dark night into a soft grey focus. From the far side of the cove, a long-haired native nimbly descends a steep trail, splashes through the tide and bends over a rock. It's not a rock after all, but a body bound wrist to ankle, a shapeless lump. The man is far away and remains a shadowy figure, as one by one, he checks each of the dozen lifeless forms that have washed ashore. He loved me, he me Apartment kitchen, morning, San Fernando Valley, present, morning. A cat weaves around the mail and dirty dishes piled on the kitchen table in a typical low-rent apartment. She bats a paw at the young woman who has fallen asleep on the scarred table, head down, hands resting on her keyboard. Raiden Ann, mid-twenties, twitches, then both are startled by the loud ding alert of an incoming email. The cat yells, knocks over an energy drink onto the mail and sulks off. Damn it! She rescues the drink, grabs a hand towel and blocks the wet mail. She takes a bottle of iron tablets from her purse, swallows one with the last gulp of the energy drink and clicks on the mail icon. The screen switches to her email the new one is from ebailey at latimes.net. Rejob inquiry? Raiden. Sorry, no openings right now. Happy to look at anything you want to submit on a freelance basis. Good luck, Ernie. P.S. Don't forget to return your intern ID. Raiden slams the laptop shut and buries her head in her hands. The cat jumps back up and snuggles her. Oh, damn it. Looks like we both might end up at the shelter. Her eyes fall on the stack of mail, and she notices a dark grey envelope addressed simply to R.A. and her address. Raiden rips it open and pulls out a single sheet of stationery embossed with the name Sebastian Wolfe in an elaborate font. Her eyes widen as she reads. R. Thursday at 2pm. Regalas de Lobo, Santa Cruz. S.W. Raiden swiftly opens her laptop. A file titled Interview Requests reveals a long list of VIPs. Every entry has no reply by their names, as does Sebastian Wolfe's. Raiding clicks on his file and rapidly scrolls through research articles, printing as she goes. Headlines dating back 40 years include Gaming Prodigy Wolf astounds neurologists with theory. New Wolf Tech Company to focus on biotech. Wolftech breakthrough sends stocks soaring. Cantankerous genius Wolf unlocks the brain. Wolf survives crash landing his private plane. Biotech mastermind suffers depilating injuries. Reclusive billionaire drops out of sight. Raiden Googles ferry to Santa Cruz. Only one ferry today and it leaves at 10am from Ventura. She glances at the time, jumps up, dashes to her room changes into a green blouse on the run and puts on a pair of long metal earrings. 
She chugs mouthwash in the bathroom, gargles as she throws her notebook and the printouts in a satchel, spits the mouthwash into the kitchen sink, startling the cat, and hurries out the door. A split second after she closes the door, she comes back, runs to the kitchen, and pours cereal into the cat's bowl, and leaves once more. She comes back one final time, grabbing her ID that says, Los Angeles Times, temporary ID, intern. The cat ignores her as it nibbles delicately at the cereal. A name tag dangling from her collar says her name. Damn it. Ferry boat off the coast of Ventura, California, day. The wind rocks the small ferry boat, but Raiden hardly notices as she sits on a wood bench scribbling notes. In the background, half a dozen other passengers are listening to one of the crew give his spiel on the Channel Islands. Now the islands are divided into two groups. The ferry suddenly lists and Raiden's satchel slides down the bench, but is caught by Jay, 17-ish, a Native American. Thanks. The young man nods and sits back down. A large canvas bag at his feet. The boat continues to heave and list, making writing difficult for Raiden. She gives up and turns to Jay. Have you been out to the island before? Uh, yeah, but not on this bucket. What, it's not safe? It's all right, I guess. Just just hard to maneuver. Sammy Stars, 35 to 45, a stylish, handsome man, makes his way to the bench. A roll of the boat suddenly lands him on Raiden's lap. Oh! Hampered by the pitching boat, his struggle to get up is comical. Oh! Finally, he extricates himself and primly sits next to her, crossing his legs, not a bit embarrassed. Oh, my honey, you just got the Sammy special in double time. <laughs> I usually save my lap dances for my VIP customers. I may have to charge you extra for that. Sammy is dressed impeccably, as if for a GQ photo shoot. Jay rolls his eyes. Raiden is amused. Sammy stars, with a Z. He holds out his hand to shake, but then withdraws it. Are we shaking hands these days? Ah, it's so hard to tell anymore. Did you know that the handshake goes back to the 5th century BC? Yeah, it was the Greeks. Isn't it always? It was supposedly a gesture of peace. Practically speaking, if you were shaking a hand, you couldn't be holding a weapon. As if there aren't other places to hide a weapon on one's physique. But I digress. Your name? Raiden. I take it you're, uh... A dancer? Ha! Oh, God, no. I gave up entertaining a long time ago. I'm a ghost hunter. Interesting profession. You don't hear that every day. Born with the gift. Oh, I struggled against my cosmic calling, but the spirits would not be denied. You know, the public once burned us at the stake. Now they pay for my 1957 Volvo Sport convertible, of which I might add there are only 67 specimens. Ah, oh, I thank the stars. I wasn't born a woman in the 17th century. Yeah, I think of that often. I take it there has been a ghost sighting on the island? Oh, yes! No surprise, though. You know, they are everywhere. My client is calling this one the Lady in Green. And apparently, she has been quite disruptive. Client, is he... She. Miss Castillo has lived on the island all her life. But this mystic apparition has only recently begun to make herself known. Sammy leans forward, conspiratorially. There is always a reason, you know. A good ghost hunter is part historical detective, part psychologist. We will figure it out. 
He airily waves his hand at the young man. Raiden looks at Jay surprised. You were, um, partners? No, 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 no. <laughs> this is Jay. He is a full-blooded Native American Shumash. I hired him to be my guide and assistant for this case. His ancestors once lived on the island. I... I just carry stuff. Small pier on Santa Cruz Island, day. Raiden steps onto the pier, glances around, then looks at a map on her phone as most of the passengers climb into a shuttle van. Sammy luxuriates behind the wheel of a jeep while Jay loads gear into the back. The slamming of the doors catches her attention and Raiden looks up as both vehicles leave the deserted pier. She notices there are no other cars there and turns quickly to one of the ferry crewmen who's removing the docking rope. Hi, excuse me. Is there a bus or something? A jeep rental or...? The crewman jumps back onto the ferry as the engine shifts into reverse. There's only a few rentals on the island. You have to arrange that in advance. You didn't book a tour? No one's picking you up? Oh, um, no. No. Uh, Some folks just do a self-guided walking tour. It's online if you can get a signal. Don't forget, return ferry leaves 4 p.m. The ferry rumbles off. Raiden sighs and sets out walking. (sighs) Wolf Ranch Gate, later that day. The low rock wall that parallels the road Raiden has been following leads to a large intimidating gate. It's out of place in the mostly barren landscape that is dotted with sage scrub and the occasional oak. Raiden has been walking for hours, and the weather has turned, with storm clouds threatening. She wipes her face with the bottom of her shirt, smooths her hair, and rings the surprisingly modern-looking bell on the gate. Yes? Raiden speaks with overly crisp confidence. I'm here to see Mr. Wolf. I have a 2pm appointment. You're late. The gate silently opens and Raiden quickly walks through following the dirt road that continues up and over a hill. Wolf Ranch, day. Marshall Beckett, 50-ish, is standing with proprietary protectiveness on the porch of a sprawling two-storey ranch house that preserved the original structure as it expanded. A mix of old and new, a large oak tree with limbs that spread over the house stands sentry on one side. He brashly appraises Raiden sceptically as she approaches. You walked here from the harbour? Yes, sir. I apologise for being late. There were no rentals available. I'm Raiden, Anne. Marshall is confused. Raiden? Yes, from the Los Angeles Times. I received a note that Mr. Wolf would see me today. I think there's been a mistake. Raiden pulls out the letter. No, no mistake. I I have the note right here. I emailed him months ago, asking for an interview. Marshall reaches for the note, but Raiden holds back. And you are... Marshall, I am Mr. Wolf's assistant. Marshall snatches the note, barely scans it, and shoves it into his own pocket. Hey, that's my mail! Again, miss, there's been a mistake. Look, he asked for me on his own personal stationery. Mr. Wolf is not even here. Not here? Well, if you are his assistant, surely you know how to reach him. That would prove difficult. It's best if you just leave. Raiden defiantly crosses her arms. My assignment, editor at the paper is not going to be pleased if I don't have a rescheduled date. It won't look good. 
Marshall clearly gets it. He looks at the sky, his watch and sighs resigned. <sighs> I can try to reach him, but with a storm coming in, the reception usually goes to shit on the island. You might as well come in. Wolf Ranch living room. Raiden follows Marshall into a moderately sized living room with high beamed ceilings, a dramatic brass and glass chandelier, and a large fireplace. Wait here. Marshall disappears through a door and Raiden is left alone. The room has a staircase with an electric chairlift on it. The decor is a mix of old and modern with large windows, expensive art, and plump leather couches. Raiden wanders over to some artifacts on a side table and notices a small oval mirror on an intricately carved stand. She picks it up and admires its smooth bronze back. She notices her messy reflection and quickly tries to smooth her flyaway hair. Marshall returns silently, startling Raiden, who quickly returns the mirror. I couldn't reach him. You can leave me your number and I'll call you. A clock chimes four. Oh, I think I just missed my ferry. Are there any motels on the island? Nope. We are the last private residence. The rest is Park's land. Uh, clearly you will have to stay here. You'll need to sleep downstairs on the couch. Mr. Wolf doesn't allow anyone up in his private quarters. How gracious of you. Do let your editor know that you are being treated hospitably. I need to check on some things before the storm comes in. There is some coffee in the kitchen, and I'm sure the cook can fix you something if you're hungry. He exits out the door, and Raiden pulls out her phone. She hesitates, then texts a message to a Rory. Out for the night. Might be onto a great story. Fed the cat. Raiden hits send, but an alert pops up that says, message not sent. The phone shows there are no bars. Raiden hears a muffled clanking coming from the other room, and opens the door to a hallway. The hallway is lined with sketches and photos of the human brain, some a bit disturbing. Raiden snaps a few shots of them with her phone, then continues to a door that is ajar at the end of the hallway, pushing it open. Wolf Ranch Kitchen continued. The kitchen is large and modern with copper pots hanging on racks and a large island work area. Maria, 50-ish, a Hispanic woman with her back to Raiden, is stirring a pot at the stove. Excuse me. Maria shrieks and shrieks, then dives behind the counter without looking at Raiden, only to pop up again to grab a big container of salt and throw it at her. Hey, whoa! Raiden ducks and the salt hits the wall behind her, falls and spills all over the floor. Raiden turns to look at the mess just as Maria pops her head up. She sees the back of Raiden and her green blouse. Maria crawls to a rack that has a basket of herbs. She grabs a big handful of sage sprigs lights them with a lighter from her apron pocket and tosses them at Raiden. She holds up the large crucifix around her neck and points it at Raiden, shaking in fear. Go away, Lady Ingrid, leave me alone. Go away and go back to your grave. Raiden stamps on the burning twigs as they fall around her. Ma'am, I'm not a ghost. A Mr. Wolf sent for me and, and Marshall told me I could come get coffee. Maria slowly raises her head above the counter. She's still shaking in fear and suspicious. You're not a dead lady? No, just just a regular live person. I, I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't mean to scare you. Are you are you sure? It's just that uh, that you're wearing green. Raiden holds her hands out in a calm down gesture. R- real, real, look. Uh, uh, real. Not a ghost. And by the way, aren't crosses supposed to be for warding off vampires? 
She nods at the crucifix. Oh. Maria stands up fully and gathers herself. She shrugs. I try everything. Salt, prayers, charms. I even made a, a witch's bottle. She nods to a glass bottle sitting on the side of the counter. Filled with nails, razor blades, a black candle and a red ribbon, all sitting in a yellow liquid. Is that urine? Maybe. Maria suddenly remembers her place and picks up the coffee. <clears throat> Milk and, uh, and sugar? Pardon? Oh, yes, uh... Milk, please. Maria shakily pours her a cup, spilling it, adds milk, and nudges it across the counter, still afraid to get close. You must be the woman who hired that ghost hunter, Sammy Stars. I met him on the ferry. I see. Jess, this ghost lady does not let me sleep. My heart cannot take it anymore. Now, are these sightings recent, or have you always, you know, seen things? It started uh, about a year ago, after Mr. Wolf's accident. Does it... She... Um, talk to you? No. She shrieks. But I no understand what she is saying. Sammy says we need to figure out what she wants. Is Sammy here? He came here and, and waved his electric wand thingy around. But, huh, Marshall. Marshall no like him here. Made him go down to my cabin. Wand. An electrometer? Sammy said the machine went loco. Como que, uh, like there were ghosts everywhere. Ay, Dios. Or earthquake faults, you know, this is California. Sammy says we will have a seance tonight and he can speak to them. Oof. Maria shivers. Raiden is skeptical but intrigued. That sounds like something I don't want to miss. Can I attend? Sammy Star says only people that bring good energy can come. Oh, I have lots of good energy. Raiden pulls out her reporter's notebook. Marshall said that Mr. Wolf is not here. Do you know where I can find him? Oh, uh, no. No one knows exactly where he is. His injuries from the plane crash were not really discussed in public. How is he? Bueno, his, his back and his leg, they heal okay, but he's not right. In the head. He says crazy thing. Maria leans forward, anger growing. Mr. Wolf was always a little cranky. Now he's like someone else. Really mean. And he has gone and done something he should not have done. What did he do? <gasps> Maria realizes she said too much and silently does the motion of locking her lips with a key and throwing it away. You have been listening to the first ten pages of Visceral, a feature film written by Laurie S. Riley, with story by Laurie S. Riley and Christine Kresker. Performances by Brittany Reitz, Annie McQueen, T.J. Ramini, Celeste Ramos, Gideon Emery, Connor Hunt and J.B. Story. Produced by Connor Hunt and presented by Sound of Scripts. To learn more about Sound of Scripts, please visit soundofscripts.com